It's a mailbag Monday on the show. We've got questions about prospects on 40-man rosters. We have talk about double-A Rockies guys, single-A Mets guys, and a ton of questions about the Cincinnati Reds. Stay tuned. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And again, as I said, Mailbag Monday. If you have questions for the show, really easy to get involved in this. Send me, uh, I'm on Twitter, at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter, at Locked On Farm. Send a question to either one of those. I'll include it in this mailbag. We do them at least every other Monday. First question comes from Katie Claiborne on Twitter. I thought this was a really good question. She asked, which system promotes the most prospects on opening day? And she gave her guesses of Pirates or Royals. And I think this is a really good question. There's a couple different aspects to look at when you're trying to figure out how many guys are going to get promoted out of a system for opening day. So the very first thing is, obviously, number one, you have to have the prospects that are ready. You have to have multiple prospects that are ready to go. And so, like, you can right now, if you start with all 30 teams, you can knock a bunch of teams out just off of this. You can say, well, the Angels are probably out. You know, uh, you can you can say the White Sox are probably out. Like, there's just teams you can knock out on question number one. Because, obviously, if you don't have the guy, you can't promote him. And thing number two, are there spots available to, pl- to get playing time? So, the Tampa Bay Rays have a ton of, of really good prospects, and they have for a long time. But when you look at the situation there in Tampa, they've also got a ton of options at the big league level, whether it's outfield, whether it's infield. I mean, they they traded Joey Wendell to the Marlins just to free up some more room in their system. Like, they've got so many options that even if they had three or four high-level guys who are ready to go right now, you can't guarantee that they'll all get called up on opening day because there's just not places to put them. So... You got to keep that in mind as well. You're probably looking at a team that is not, like wasn't a playoff team last year, uh, or a team that's had significant losses in free agency. And so, like, you're, the teams that I think about, I think of the teams that are in that building phase who are on the, the, the backswing of that, of that rebuild. So I think about a team like the Royals, the Pirates is a good one. Uh, the Orioles, if they had a little more high-end talent, the Orioles might be an option where you think they might promote a couple guys. Uh, the Mariners, the Rockies, like teams that are that like are are building and trying to to make a push into contention are the teams you think are going to be bringing up a, t- a ton of prospects. But there's another aspect this offseason you have to think about that we don't normally have to think about, and it's who is on the 40-man roster. So during the lockout. The way it works is if you are on a 40-man roster, the team, coaches, the the GM, the training staff, anybody cannot have any contact with you. Minor League Baseball is still going to start on time. AAA's opening day is April 5th. The rest of the minors is April 8th. But guys who are on 40-man rosters are not going to be able to participate in minor league spring training and cannot play in minor league ball until the CBA situation is resolved. And there's some higher level guys 
uh, who who are on this list, and it's going to hurt them a little bit. I think about like a Julio Rodriguez with the Mariners. Think about a um, about a Matt Brash or a, a a Joey Boss with Tampa Bay. That's a guy who I mean he was in the playoff rotation last year. I'm pretty sure he's going to be um, with the team on opening day, but like he can't do anything. But I feel like his spot's pretty safe. Like we know he's going to be in Tampa Bay. The guys that really get hurt are the guys that had to be added to the 40-man to be protected from the Rule 5 draft, but also aren't ready to debut in the big leagues. Like, we know they're going back to AAA next year. I think about a guy like uh, Drew Waters in Atlanta. Outfielder Drew Waters was added to the 40-man for Rule 5 reasons. But Drew Waters is not going to start the year in Atlanta. There was not a scenario where Drew Waters started the year in Atlanta. Even with Ron Lacuna possibly not being ready to start the season, you still have something where... Between Ozuna and Duvall and Heredia, I mean, you, you have guys to play the outfield. Uh, Drew Waters has a, enough swing and miss in his game where they want him to spend probably most of the season at AAA uh, just refining his, his offensive approach and unlocking that last bit of power. And so you were never going to break camp with Drew Waters. Uh, so he's obviously hurt by this scenario where... Minor league guys can't, you know, can't be on, like, can't go to spring training if they're on the 40-man roster. And AAA rosters are the most impacted out of this. Because if you think about it, there's 1,200 spots on the 40-man roster. I did some checking, and as of, I think, Sunday, 389 of those 1,200 spots are prospects. So roughly one out of every three guys on uh, on a 40-man roster is a prospect. So your AAA rosters are the ones that are going to be devastated because a lot of your guys in AAA, these are the guys, they're farther along, they're close to the show, but they've had to be added to the 40-man for Rule 5 reasons or because you brought them up for a September call-up or something. Like they've, they've been put on the 40-man roster for some reason, yet they are not going to be starting the year with you, but now they also can't go to spring training with the minor leaguers, and they can't play in the minor leagues until the CBA is resolved. So there's some prominent guys in here: Tyler Freeman, the infielder for the Guardians, uh, guy we've talked about plenty on the show, Mackenzie Gore. He's a guy wasn't going to start the year with the Padres, but can't go to spring training because he's on the 40-man. Uh, Peguero with the Pirates, and like. The Pirates are a team that I think this kind of like really hits pretty hard. The Pirates have quite a few guys that we've talked about on this show. We uh, spent time with Ethan from Lockdown Pirates going over this farm system. Quite a few guys who would be debuting this year who are on the 40-man. Uh, Roanzi Contreras, Lever Paguero, uh, Travis Swaggerty, O'Neill Cruz, the, the big one, obviously. I mean, multiple guys that you could see playing this year that don't get the playing time to be ready for a call-up on opening day because they can't go to spring training until the CBA is resolved. And so even if they come to big league camp, what are the odds in that rushed three weeks of camp that you're going to see enough from a prospect to plug them into your starting lineup at the big league level? I mean, there's so much less time for them to make the case. Like, O'Neill Cruz is trying to make the case that he is a better option for shortstop than Kevin Newman, uh, you know, for, for, for Pittsburgh. And thankfully, he played a couple games last year, so they saw him. But if he had not, 
he would be hard-pressed to find it in three weeks to be able to show them, yes, I'm ready. What's most likely is he's going to get sent to AAA, and if he rakes for the first few weeks, then they will bring him up. And so, again, that's where some of these guys really get hurt. And, you know, it's kind of hard to, to bet on an impact guy coming out of the uh, AAA if he's on the 40-man roster. And in just a minute, I want to talk about some of the guys who are on the 40-man rosters, who are AA of the Rockies and single-A of the Mets. But first, as I mentioned betting, this episode is brought to you by our friends with Bet Online. Uh, football is over for the season. Basketball's in full steam, both pro and college hoops. And whether it's odds, totals, player performance props, all that kind of stuff, BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC. I think they might have college baseball, but either way, like plenty of stuff going on. Uh, if there's still Olympic stuff going on, I don't. I think it's over. I didn't watch any of it this year, but either way, uh, whatever is live and in, is in season. BetOnline.net is your source for information about it. So head to the website today to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so we've got more questions about the Rockies and about the Mets. Uh, Aiden Stones on Twitter sent me some questions. Last mailbag, he had sent me about two guys with the Hartford Yard Goats, and this time we have two more AA Hartford Yard Goats guys. So the first one is he wants thoughts on Jamison Hanna and Carl Kaufman. Okay, so Jamison Hanna is a guy, 5'9", 185. He's a, he's a short king. Uh, second round pick in 2018 out of Dallas Baptist. And he's really, so like when you, you look at his last year, he spent all last year, of, obviously, lost 2020, he spent all last year at AA, at Hartford, batted 255, uh, three home runs, OPS is 675. And the thing about him is, one, he's on his third organization already, which is kind of wild. So he was drafted uh, by the A's, 50th overall. Was traded at the 2019 trade deadline uh, to the Reds for Tanner Rourke. And then after the 2020 season was over, he went to the Rockies with Robert Stevenson in exchange for Jeff Hoffman uh, and a minor league prospect, Case Williams, the right-hander. So... The, th- the thing about Hannah, when I watch him, he's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Okay, He's a good athlete. He does a lot of things well. He can give you solid defense at all three outfield spots. Um, his, his arm isn't great, and so I kind of think that he's probably best suited for left or center more so than right. Just, just simply because, I mean, obviously, like fringe, I, I'd say probably fringy arm strength. Fringy to average. But offensively good approach at the plate you know he's up there to make contact he's got a good line drive stroke doesn't have a lot of power again he's a little guy uh, he, he's a short king 5'9 185 but you know line drive power makes a lot of contact he can wear out the gaps he's got the speed to take a single stretch it into a double go first to third on a thing be a threat to steal some bases so i feel like his likely future is a reserve outfielder, a fourth outfielder who plays, you know, who starts once or twice a week, defensive replacement and left for a, you know, for a slugger who's out there. And if a guy gets hurt, he'll be up there for two weeks. You know, you'll probably bat him towards the bottom of the lineup. Maybe you'll bat him at the very top, but you're not looking for him to hit home runs. You're thinking he might get on base, be a threat to steal, get driven in. Um, if he can... 
if he can unlock some power, I mean, he's got, I want to say he's got, what is it, six, six career home runs in the minor leagues. Uh, and that's high A in 18, high A in 19, double A in 21. So six home runs in 212 career games. Not a power guy at all, but good speed, good contact ability. He just, he needs, none of his tools are amazing. And so he just, he needs to, like where he is now, he peaks as a, as a major league baseball bench piece, unless he can unlock that power. But he needs to watch film of Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is a smaller guy who can generate power. He's got that leg kick and stuff to it. I think that might be helpful for Jamison Hanna. But the other guy was Carl Kaufman. And Carl Kaufman, uh, 6'2", 200, 2019, second round pick out of Michigan. And and the thing about Kaufman is he he he's barely thrown. Okay, he was drafted in 2019, and that was the year that Michigan went to the College World Series. So they didn't throw him in fall ball that year. Uh, 2020, he lost to the pandemic, obviously. And so last year was his first real time in professional baseball. He spent uh, two games in high A, and they said, okay, you're, you're supposed to be higher than this. And we had that conversation last week about aggressively promoting pitchers to figure out their true level. Well, he gets to double A, 19 games, 18 starts, goes 2-11, 735 ERA, got roughed up a bit, you know, whip a two, uh, walked four and a half guys per nine, struck out about seven per nine. So 18 home runs, <laughs> got roughed up a little bit. And the thing about him, like he's got a, he's got a good fastball. He's got a low nineties fastball. He's got some good sink to it. Um, Probably his best offering, his change-ups above average. He varies the speeds, locations on it well. The slider's average, but it's there. Uh, but his durability is there. He's got decent control. He can throw plenty of strikes. He's got the mindset. He's competitive. He wants to be better. So I think with him, it's just a matter of getting more exposure to professional baseball and the professional hitters versus what he faced in college. And so, I mean, get, you know, give him... He'll probably spend, I would imagine, this entire year at Double A, and then after that, I look for him to, you know, to be a guy. I think he's he's destined to be a fourth or fifth guy in your rotation. Uh, he's gonna be. You'll end up using him as a reliever if you make the playoffs. But I feel like, given the durability that he showed in college and he showed so far, he's gonna go out there and give you 180, 200 innings a year, which is what you ask for from a number five starter. Uh, he has the potential if he can if he can improve the slider and if he can get a little more velocity on the fastball, I think he could probably be a fours of a five. But the big thing for him is we just need to see more. We just need to he needs more time with professional pitching to or professional hitting to figure out what he's trying to do as a pitcher and how to get these guys out. So uh, I expect him to probably be at Hartford most of the year. And if you are interested in the Hartford Yard Goats, um, Aiden's actually starting a podcast about them. It's called Going Yard with the Goats. You can follow them right now on Instagram. And then if you have any questions, uh, send them to him. That, sh- that pod, I believe, comes out in March. So I'm excited to see that. Thank you for the questions, Aiden. The other questions come from our friend Jeremy about the Mets. Uh, we all know Jeremy, big Mark Vientos fan. But he asked about Joel, uh, Joel Diaz and JT Ginn. So Diaz, number nine overall prospect. Uh, both these guys are probably going to be like A-ball guys this year. Um, Diaz, 6'2", 200. He was a 2021 free agent out of the Dominican. And the thing about him 
he had a great Dominican League season. So the the Mets were able to sign him pretty cheaply, and then his velocity, like, correction, they they had conversations with his camp, and then between then and when he actually signed, he added uh, he went from low 80s of high high 80s on his fastball to 94 or so, and so looks like he's kind of a gem. Went in the DSL, three earned runs in 50 innings. 0.54 ERA, fourth lowest since 2006 in the DSL, and the lowest by a 17-year-old. He went from the, uh, the DSL 2 team to DSL 1. And actually, uh, from what I've been told, is a bunch of the internal live streams that they do for Mets coaches and player development staff and front office people, uh, he was appointment viewing when he was throwing in the Dominican. So... He's got three good pitches now. Uh, you know, fastball, like I said, 92 to 90, you know, 96 or so. Um, but he has an unusually good feel for his secondaries for a young guy. Uh, his changeup, it's above average to plus. It's got some late fade to it. He threw, he throws it about 20% of the time. Um, but he he has a good feel for it and when to do it. His curveball, uh, you know, high 70s curveball, interesting kind of motion to it, and he likes to hold that until the second time through the order. He doesn't, doesn't have enough confidence in it yet. That's a thing, That's a curveball where when he struggles with it, um, he drops it and just goes back to the changeup. So he needs to get a little more confidence in the curveball and in the swing and miss ability of the curveball. Uh, I absolutely see him as a guy. I mean, understand wide range of outcomes i mean he's going to be 2018 2019 when he hits um a ball this year like low a in st Lucie. so wide range of possibilities but he is um he is a top 10 prospect for a reason he is a good pitcher and i feel good about what he's going to do um in the minor leagues i'm excited to watch him this year another guy i'm excited to watch jt ginn so 2020 second round pick out of high school, 6'2", 200. Um, he's the number six overall prospect for them. And he he's a guy where you, you were waiting on his velo to improve. So he had TJ. Um, yeah, he had, he had Tommy John and made his first start in low A June 3rd of last year. So as he's been improving, his velo has been getting better. Um it's low 90s right now in his fastball. He can pull back and get 95. But the thing that I like about it is he's a good athlete. He's got a, a slider, uh, low 80s. He can throw it for a strike or he can get folks to chase it. And he sets up. If you watch him pitch, he's like very much a first base setup. But because of it, he can work both sides of the plate pretty well. Um, he can take that. That slider, he can backfoot a left-handed batter with it. Um, he's got a changeup that he doesn't really believe in, but he should because when he throws it, he gets swings and misses. Um, he's got plus control. Like I said, he's a good athlete. If I had to pick these two, which one I like more, I like Gin more. And I think I like Gin more partly because we've seen him do it a little bit at a higher level. Uh, than Diaz, I feel like it's a little bit less risk on Gin. One, he already had the TJ. Uh, but two, we've seen a little more velo. We've seen a little more production out of him. But both these guys, I think, are good pitchers. 
excited to watch them. That St. Lucie squad is going to be tough this year. Uh, they really are. And in just a minute, I kind of want to talk about the Reds. We have a lot of um, a lot of questions about the Reds. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar is the only protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, they have amazing flavors. I mean, you've heard me talk about it by now. Peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, white chocolate cookies and cream, coconut almond, cherry barcia. They also have the puffs. The puffs are the protein-infused marshmallows, fluffy and marshmallowy. Not just a protein, uh, sorry, not just a marshmallow, but a treat. Also covered in 100% real chocolate. And those flavors, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, things like that. So these flavors rotate all the time. These they always come out with new products as well. So go to built.com, check out what's new. They have the existing stuff, they have the recurring stuff. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. And today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. So the thing about Rock Auto that I love so much is really great to save time and money because there's so many makes and models of cars now. And so there's no way your average local chain auto parts store is going to have everything in stock. They're probably going to have to mail a part to you. And so what's great is versus paying their prices to have a part mailed to you, you can go to Rock Auto, you can save 30%, 50%, 100% on everyday common parts. Fuel pump for a Honda Odyssey. Uh, it averages $353 from a chain store as of Sunday. Rock Auto, 216 bucks. So it's a family business, serves DIYers, has good prices. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, this next section of questions here on the Reds, I got three questions uh, from our friend Krazy on Twitter. And because it's a bunch of questions about the Reds, I actually reached out and sent these questions also um, to friend of the pod and host of Locked On Reds, Jeff Carr. So I've got my input. I've got Jeff's input. Hopefully give you a little bit of answers here. But the first question was about Alan Serta. And it's like, why isn't Alan Serta getting more love? He puts up good numbers. He looks like he can stick in center field. What am I missing? And I think with Alan Serta, part of what it is, okay, so 6'3", 170, and he's a guy, he was an international free agent in 2017. So one is I think that he just, he hasn't, I mean, he did the, he did rookie ball in 2019, lost 2020. And then last year, you know, uh, low A and high A combined hit 250. And, and was it uh, 860 OPS? So to me, it's something where we just haven't seen enough of him to be confident in what he's doing. It's not a quality thing. It's a quantity thing. Okay. He's got 21 games above low A. So he's got above average defense. He's got a plus arm. So you have the option to put him in right field in the future if you need to, if you decide to move him off of center. He's got above average speed. Now, I, I think I think offensively, he's got a little too much swing and miss, uh, but he's got a good eye. He can draw walks. I mean, you've seen quality from him. You just haven't seen enough. 21 games above high A, 
And when I asked Jeff, Jeff said that, like, yeah, he's a guy that he kind of popped up for some fans just this year. And they're all kind of scarred from Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel's supposed to be in a sure thing as you can get. And so folks are a little bit more cautious about this. But there's no reason to not be excited about Alan Serta. He's a guy, this year is going to be big for him. He's not on the 40-man, so he can go to spring training right away, start right away. But you just need to see more of him above high. Again, 21 games above low A. You just need to see more. I expect him to be a guy. He might get a high A assignment, but he might just go straight to double A. Especially because the Reds are one of those teams that have a lot of guys on their like in the AAA that are on their 40-man. And so they may have to aggressively promote up through the system just to fill the AAA roster. So I would expect, you know, Serta's a guy who's going to benefit, probably is going to get a double-A assignment to start the year and has a chance, if he plays well in double-A, he has a chance to be useful uh, down the road. I could see, you know, early next season be a guy who they might call on if he can handle double-A well and possibly even bump up to triple-A by the end of the year. So... Uh, nothing wrong with them. Just we just need to see more. Uh, second question is, uh, I know I hope I'm saying this right. Is Alejo Lopez a better bench option than Kyle Farmer? He's got a high average with low strikeouts. He's a switch hitter. He can play second, short, and third, and would save three to four million dollars. So he might be. He might be. The thing about Alejo Lopez, um, and just again refresher on him, 27th overall. I'm sorry, 27th round pick in 2015. 805th overall. Not even a round that exists anymore. So he's been in this system for a while. And he's been, I mean, he's probably the best hitter for average in this system. It's It, it took him a while to, to get out of rookie ball. 19, I'm sorry, uh, 15, 16, 17, he spent in rookie ball. Obviously, uh, you know, he went to low A in 18, high A in 19, lost 2020. And then last year, double A, triple A, and spent 14 games at the big league level. So he might be. I think he needs some more pop. He's a he's well-rounded. He can hit for average. I mean, his career average in minor leagues is like 306. He's a good hitter. He doesn't strike out that much. Uh, didn't look out of place playing all across the infield. He just doesn't have a lot of offense. Um, and the big thing is he doesn't have any pop. He is... He is the Reds' version of Kevin Newman, except without the first-round pedigree. He just doesn't hit a lot of home runs. Um, when I and when I asked Jeff about this, Jeff said he's like, you know, you're actually asking one of the charter members of the Alejo Lopez fan club. Uh, Jeff thinks he deserves a lot more run than he's gotten. He doesn't really have anything left to prove in the minors, and Jeff's view is like he's a switch hitting bat with positional flexibility. He should not be stuck on the end of the bench. He should have more opportunities to seize a starting spot. Um, in Cincinnati, despite his lack of power. So, I mean, I think we're in the same boat there. Um, Alejo Lopez would save you some money. Hopefully that money can be used somewhere else. Um, but you go out, give Alejo Lopez a shot. He needs this. And then the third the third and final question was, best bench option of these three guys? Aristides Aquino, Shogo Akiyama, or Lorenzo Cedrola? And so, like, real briefly, kind of looking at this, to me, Aquino feels like he's a quad A guy. Defense isn't necessarily good enough to play center, so he's going to be confined to right or left. Um, he's got power, but he's overly aggressive at the plate. I mean, he's going to he's going to um, swing and miss a lot. 
Um, and he's got below average speed. He really feels like he's a quad A guy to me. So, uh, Shogo Akiyama, uh, a lot older. I mean, he's in his 30s already coming over from, um, from Japan. Uh, better defense, no power whatsoever. Can't hit lefties. Um, and can't catch up to velocity. So, you know what he, what he is. Uh, Lorenzo Cedrola, you don't have as much on him. He doesn't have any power either, kind of like Akiyama. He's defensively solid. Uh, but but Jeff and I actually kind of agree here that figure out what Cedrola has versus just running out of Kino and Akiyama some more. So, like, and, and Jeff says, you know, Akino has power, Shogo has speed and fielding, fielding prowess, but easy of them have very obvious, easy-to-exploit weaknesses at the plate. Akino can't handle a low-and-away breaking ball. Akiyama can't handle anything over 94 miles an hour. And so you could do you could do the aligning payroll to resources thing since I've been talking about. Um, you know, if you could get them off the books and just bring Cedrola in because he's new. He's he's less of a known quantity. You have an idea of what he is. He's a he's a defensively solid guy with with no power. But bring him in, give him an opportunity, see if he becomes something more. Akino, you know what he is. Akiyama's in his 30s. He's not changed. This is who he is as a player. So bring in Cedrola, see what he can do, see how it goes. If you have questions for a mailbag episode, reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Like I said, we do these every other, at least every other Monday, if not more often. I'm sure once the season starts and we actually get to see you guys in action, we'll do this a lot more. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. We do appreciate it. Please do us a favor and like and subscribe. It really does help the show a ton. And you stay tuned this week. I've got more. I've got another College Baseball Tuesday. We're recapping the weekend of action, talking Pac-12. We've got a primer on the CBA on Wednesday that's full of questions from other Locked on MLB hosts. Just all of the questions they have about the CBA and how it works. And then Thursday and Friday, we're doing our final farm system reviews, one for each league, before spring training starts for the minor leagues. So stay tuned. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Um.